All right, so it is late, and this is just a little disclaimer I wanted to put at the top of this podcast that uh, this is coming out after depth charts uh, have been released. We recorded these uh, a long time ago, and I've been lazy and haven't been able to get, well, not been lazy, I've been really busy and haven't been able to get these edited and put out, so these are coming out a little bit late. Um, Also, be on the lookout for Shane and I previewing the Fresno State game coming up this weekend, as well as just some season-long previews and stuff like that. So it's all football for right now. I know a lot of you guys are going to love that. Guys and gals are going to love that. Um, But yeah, so here we go. We lost a few games. Tough. That was last year. Now we're the Ducks. Yeah. And the Ducks yeah. are undefeated. All right. Quack. 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 Welcome to the Flock Pod. Hashtag zero eight zero. Wow. Episode number eighty. It's crazy. Anyways, you can find us at The Flock Pod on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Please go out there, give us a five-star ratings. We would really appreciate that. Give us a nice little boost in the algorithm here before football season happens. Speaking of football, we're going deep on that today, so make sure you stick around. But before we get into that, you can also find us on all of your favorite social media platforms, which would be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever your favorite one is out there. Make sure to give us a like and a comment and a share. Tell your friends about the lovely Flock Pod. You can find me at Coach Justin D on those same social media platforms. Shane, tell them where you are. Oh, I'm sorry. What's that? You're telling me that she, oh, Shane, Shane's not here today. Oh yeah, that's right. We are trying something actually very different this year. So we are actually in different places and Shane has already broken down the defense. He's already sent that over to me. He has gone deep. You guys are going to love this. He has really, really gone deep on that defensive depth chart. And I am going to be previewing the offensive depth chart. So I've kind of broken things up here. So it's going to be a totally different podcast format than what you guys are usually used to getting from us flockers. But we hope you like it. And here we go with the offensive line. All right. So as I mentioned before, we're going to jump right in here to the offensive line. So this is uh, what I would project these starters to be. Uh, Looks like we're going to be returning four starters and a lot of depth. Uh, At left tackle, I've got big number 77, 6 foot 6, 324 pounds. George Moore, the seventh year senior. That's right, our very own Van Wilder. He started all seven games last year in that weird COVID season. You're going to hear me say that a lot. And then behind him, I would imagine we're going to have stud five-star, number 76, six foot six, 317-pound Kingsley Sumataya. He is a big-time freshman as a, to have as a backup. At left guard, I'm going to project number 56, six foot five, 318, TJ Bass, a junior. Uh, he started all seven games there last year. At center, uh, big number 78, six foot three, 303 pound 
Alex Forsyth, uh, Jr. And again, all of the junior, senior, I mean, all these things are going to be a little malleable because of the COVID eligibility, so just stay with me. Uh, but Alex also started all seven games last year. And then at right guard, big number, 71, six foot six, 315 pound, Mulasala Amuavai Laulu. And I'm sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. I practiced and everything. Uh, but he comes in as a junior. He started all six games last year. Then at right tackle, six foot five, 332 pounds, Stephen Jones, a junior. He started in the Fiesta Bowl last year, but then he also appeared in every single other game. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm an O-line expert, not by any means, because that would be a massive lie. For that matter, as we've said before, we are just semi-professional amateur podcasters, and we're just doing the best that we can. So with that out of the way, it doesn't take an expert to see that this group will be better than it was last year overall, and potentially much deeper. Uh, Kingsley leads a star-studded freshman class, but players like uh, Dawson Hamario and uh, Ryan Walk are also really ready to step in. Uh, both Hamario and Walk are also from Oregon and were highly touted themselves, so that's kind of a fun cool wrinkle to offer up there. Uh, this group has a chance to be really special for the next couple years. Uh, as everybody knows, Coach Cristobal has hit this group especially hard on the recruiting trail. And right now, Coach Cristobal with a tough, talented, deep offensive line could be a really scary thing, not just for the Pac-12, but for the entire country could really look to unlock all of the offensive weapons that the Ducks are looking to have this year and for the next couple years. All right, now you guys thought I was kidding when I said you were in for a treat, but Shane went deep. Like, he's like gone so much deeper that it makes me look bad. I'm like the kid in class that didn't prepare completely. But you guys are really going to enjoy this. Uh, so coming up now is the defensive line. And uh, yeah, just sit back and enjoy. Kayvon Thibodeau, you know, you guys know there's nothing more to say. He's a... Uh, could be the number one pick in the draft this year. He's been talked about as a Heisman candidate, so I'll just leave it at that. Then we have Keanu Williams, who's a six foot six, three oh five freshman. He's a four star out of the state of California, second ranked strong side defensive end in the state, and he's a top twenty strong side defensive end in the country. His tape is really spe- is really special to watch. I mean, as I just said, six six, three oh five. So he's a big, big, big kid, but he's not a defensive tackle. He, he isn't that, like, big uh, upper body strength, you know, push push the line of scrimmage kind of guy. He's not going to demand those double teams on the inside that we're going to see from some of these guys I'll get to in just a minute. I mean, he's he's got the, the he's got the speed. He has, uh, he's got the moves, multiple moves, swim moves, cut moves, spin moves. He's got it all. So, I mean, he's, he's a true pass rusher just kind of trapped in a defensive tackle's body. Braden Swinson is a 6'4", 235-pound freshman. He played in all seven games last year, recorded three tackles, two solos, and one pass breakup. A couple guys who didn't see any action last year, uh, Luis Cristo, who's a six foot seven, 265-pound freshman, and Miguel Navarez, who's a six foot three, 291-pound sophomore, who's uh, yet to get on the field. With this, I've just listed, what is that, one, two, three, four, five players. And that's 
basically all we're seeing listed as pure defensive ends. Now, does that mean Oregon's going to only be playing five defensive ends for the entire season? No, it doesn't. And I think that kind of speaks into what I was saying earlier with these outside linebackers, even some of these these defensive tackles I could see being pushed out to the edge in a 3-4 scheme that are going to be big enough to, you know, take up that space. Going into defensive tackles, uh, another name that's going to be tricky for me here is uh, Popo Amuave, who's a 6'4", 305-pound junior. He played in five of seven games last year, recorded 10 tackles, four solo, three tackles for a loss. There's three tackles for a loss in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, She finished the year really strong with seeing more and more playing time as the season went along, and that's, that's really what you want from your players. Uh, we also have Brandon Dorless, who's a six foot three, two hundred and eighty-five pound sophomore. Played in all seven games last year. He made his first start in the Pac-12 championship, where he made uh, three tackles and a sack. So another player who really progressed within that short, condensed super season uh, that was all full of shenanigans. I mean, both those guys finished the year a lot stronger than they started it, getting in there and really earning their carving out a role for themselves as the season ended in the, the most important games of the season. Uh, another player, this player might be the one that I might be, I might be the most excited for out of the entire roster. I Maybe not, but he, he's up there. Is uh, Jalen Smith, who's a six foot four, 280-pound freshman. Played in three of seven games last season. He was the 45th-ranked defensive tackle in high school. High motor, great ball rush to the left, and he is just a, he's a, a playmaking defensive tackle, which is kind of a rarity in college football, but the the guys who have it end up having you know really successful careers. Uh, we also got Jake Shipley, the brother of Jordan Shipley, who was a wide receiver at Texas. We talked about him a lot when he was coming in for his freshman year at Oregon. He's six foot four, two hundred and sixty nine pounds. Yet didn't see any action last year. Three star out of California. He's the second ranked uh, defensive end. And, I mean, now we're going to be, I mean, another player that I could also see being pushed out to the edge, uh, even though he's listed as a defensive tackle. He's got great instincts, great pass rusher. He has, he has, he has the instincts with the, the upper body strength to match it, which is really exciting to see. Uh, we got Kristen Williams, six foot two, 285-pound redshirt freshman. Played in all seven games last year, recorded seven tackles, one sack. Former four-star recruit out of the state of Tennessee. Uh, another player that I think who, you know, the more we see him get on the field, the, the more he's going to do. Kayon Ware Hudson, uh, brother of a uh, former wide receiver, six foot two, 288 pounds, redshirt freshman, played in all seven games, had eight tackles, two solo. His best asset is his first move, and he's able to beat guys pretty easily with some of these first moves, and especially at the, at the high school level when you go back and look at some of his former tape, which which, let's face it, right now, it's the only avenue really you have to see these guys on the field for the most part. The thing that I think is most impressive is within that first move, being able to beat players and then yet use your patience to still wait for the play to break down. I see too often guys beat their man off the line and then get themselves into no man's land when the play starts to go the other direction, especially now with more RPOs and misdirection and that kind of stuff. So to see that kind of patience is really promising. We also have Jason Jones, uh, six foot six, three hundred and twenty pound freshman. No action formally. He's a four star out of the player of out of the state of Alabama. He was the number nine ranked player in the state. Unbelievable speed for his size. Uh, he is he's a big kid. Like I said, three twenty is is huge. But he he does not move like it. And even going back and watching some of his high school tape in the state of Alabama, like which very similar to Texas, does. Uh, high school football right line him up at tight end a few times not only just out there to, to block too which he is a p- 
people mover. He's, I mean, some of the blocks that he does make, he's absolutely blowing people up. But he is also a pass catcher. I mean, he's he's very uh, nimble-footed. He has good footwork. And for that size, I mean, it's it's scary to see somebody with that type of athleticism. So he's definitely going to be a player to watch. And then we got Sayava Poti, six foot three, two ninety, redshirt freshman. Uh, no action yet in the Oregon uniform. Four star out of the state of California, where he was ranked 29th nationally. We also have Masil Afarasi, six foot four, two hundred eighty-two pound freshman. Uh, no action. Former four star out of the state of Hawaii. He was ranked eighth in the state. Uh, overall, not even just for his position, which the the Oregon to Hawaii pipeline has has been bountiful for us. All right, so that was talking about the trenches. Now we are going to move on to the pass catchers. I'm going to first start here with the tight ends, and this has the potential to be a really special tight end room here for the Oregon Ducks. Probably the deepest in the Pac-12, if not one of the deepest in the country with some of the guys that probably won't even see the field with the level of talent that this room has. We'll go ahead and just get started naming some guys off here. Uh, number 12, six foot four, 273 pound DJ Johnson Jr. Uh, number 18, six foot six, 234 Spencer Webb, who's a sophomore. And then uh, number 84, six foot five, 259 pound Cam McCormick, who's a senior. I'm not sure if this is his sixth or seventh year, but he's another Van Wilder on this roster that is made possible due to the new COVID regulations. There's also, of course, Patrick Herbert still on the roster. And then a really exciting freshman duo of Terrence Ferguson, who showed out in the spring game. And then number eight, six foot six, 263 pound Molokai Matavao, who's a four star recruit out of Nevada. He moves really well. Just keep an eye out for this kid. Um, really exciting to watch. Uh, with this staff's propensity to redshirt, however, I would imagine one, if not both of those freshmen, redshirt. But just just keep an eye out because one of them could really pop. Uh, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you already know how much Shane and I both love DJ the Predator Johnson, uh, the converted defensive end, absolutely loves blocking, just loves flattening people. I think he eats pancakes every single day for breakfast. Uh, you can see his Instagram, Twitter. Uh, he definitely enjoys just putting people into the turf. So just go ahead and take a look at that. I'll wait here. Add on top of that, he's nearly impossible to tackle in the open field, and he's just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he's my pick to get the starting nod here. He was a real favorite target uh, for Oregon last year on those RPO drag plays where they'd bring him across the, the backside of the offensive line, really fake out the defense with the RPO on the other side. So that could be a really valuable play again this year. He's also just a great combination of blocking um, with great hands. So keep a lookout for him. Spencer Webb, he's got undeniable receiving talent, but whether or not he can put it all together and be trusted by this coaching staff is just yet to be seen. If I were a betting man, I'm not a betting man, I'm not like Shane, uh, I would say this is not the season for him. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, Cam, Cam McCormick's the real sleeper here. Uh, you know, another Van Wilder here at this position. Uh, he came to Oregon out of Summit High School here in Bend. Uh, he really impressed Duck fans and coaches alike with his limited appearances in the 2017 campaign. 
but he's battled injuries ever since. So I'd again, I'd give the nod to DJ here, but with Cristobal's love of moving the depth chart around, I would be surprised if all of these guys didn't see the field, if not you know, big time snaps at one point this season. But again, DJ Johnson is my pick to, to really lead the way with this pack. Now, looking over at the wide receiver position, this is a position that has been much maligned here at the University of Oregon. Uh, not a lot of NFL talent developed out of this spot. Um, just not a lot of talent in general. Yeah, just not a lot of talent, let's be honest. So to have three starters coming back uh, and adding legit talent um, is a really nice thing to have. So we've got number three, six foot one, 199 pound, Johnny Johnson the third. He is a senior. Number four, 5'11", 206, Micah Pittman, the sophomore, newly engaged. So shout out to Micah Pittman on that one. And then number six, Five foot nine, 170 pound, Jalen Red, uh, who is a senior who comes back often injured, really hoping he can stay healthy this year. Those guys are going to be backed up by Josh Delgado, Devin Williams, and a boatload of freshmen, including Troy Franklin and Dante Thornton. Uh, Franklin has been running quite a bit with the ones this season. Uh, Devin Williams is incredibly talented. I think they think those guys are going to be at the front lines of the conversation as the season progresses. So, and again, I listen to a lot of, you know, NFL podcasts and several times this season as they've talked about Justin Herbert and kind of how a lot of guys missed on Justin Herbert and why that might have been the case. They've brought up, you know, Oregon's lack of wide receiver talent, not only here at the university, but in the NFL. So it's definitely something that is on the mind of NFL pundits across the country. This isn't just something that is a, is a local take, although I hear a lot of Duck fans talking about it also. With that said, I, I truly believe someone, one of the players in this wide receiver room is going to break out and become an NFL star. An NFL star. I think he's going to be a very, very good. Who it's going to be, I'm not sure, to be honest. But I, I've got a feeling, you know, just got a, just got a, a feeling. So that is the the pass catchers. We'll go ahead and now get Shane's breakdown of the defensive backs. Defensive backs. These are the guys who fly around and make sure other teams aren't scoring any touchdowns. The last line of defense, as some would say. So just kick things off. We'll get this out of the way. We'll talk about DJ James, the sophomore corner. He is going to be suspended indefinitely this season as well as another player we'll get to later. Um, this is a big loss for the Oregon Ducks. He was a starter last season. Um, was made, really made a lot of big plays down the stretch. Luckily, this defensive back core is at a place depth-wise where this isn't a you know, isn't going to create a monster crater for for the secondary. And really, it's an opportunity for some of these younger players we're about to talk about to uh, to really step up and get an earlier opportunity than they may have in a normal situation. The stupid situation, we've, we've touched on it a little bit, don't want to get into it too much. Just extracurricular activities, kids learning the hard way, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. The next player we want to talk about is Michael Wright, the 5'11" corner he's a sophomore uh he played a ton last year and uh well i guess this is in the last two years if you the the weird covid season as uh as we had the last year 
lightning fast ball hawk and has absolute superstar potential. He's a player that I think that most pro scouts are going to have an eye on as well as all scouts for all schools around the Pac-12. He's going to be matching up with team's best players. Uh, He plays excellent man coverage as well as zone coverage. Uh, We've seen him in the returning game. We've seen him all over. I mean, the only knock that I might have on Mr. Wright is that he, he lets, he, he, he goes for the big plays. I mean, it's it's something that these players just have or they don't have. It's the big play potential, and he is Mr. Big Play. And I think that in certain instances, he really wants to look to make that interception, sometimes can take the, his eye off his man. But it's, I mean, the sky's the limit, and we were talking about a player who was playing at a very young age when most corners, especially in Power 5 conferences, aren't getting playing time, especially at the volume that he has until sophomore, junior, senior year. So this is this is the year where we should see him start to put a lot of these pieces together, a lot of the things that he's already done well. It's time to build upon and really create full, polished game. And, I mean, at 178 pounds, he is going to be a little bit slight of stature, so we really want to make sure that we're looking and seeing that he is... Uh, has all the correct form in tackling that he's wrapping up well and then he's also you know using that speed to create that contact as well uh next player that all duck fans be really excited about a uh, former five-star recruit one of the highest recruited defensive backs at the university of oregon in its history uh is dante manning he's coming in at 5'11, 190 great size uh for a corner and what he's going to be asked to do i mean i'd say that's probably around like the prototypical size for a corner um, he only played in one game last season, dealt with some injury problems. There's going to be a lot of players on this list for all these positions who didn't get a lot of run last year in what was their, you know, I don't even know what we're really calling it, their true, true freshman year. But, in, I mean, some of these guys played, you know, in limited roles or in no capacity at all, and that don't, doesn't really reflect as much on their potential, their talent, and where they are as a player as well as much as I think it was just a wonky year. And, I mean, Oregon did win a Pac-12 championship, but I think in my heart I believe that Mario Cristobal didn't really want to go all in on a year that had so much, so many variables attached to it. So I think that was part of the reason why we didn't see as much and we certainly see him rush back to action. And again, it was only a seven-game season with the, the one bowl game there. He's about as talented as they come for a pure corner. Um, I mean, like I said, prototypical size. Reeds plays really well and all of that. Great head on his shoulders. The only thing that I fear watching his tape is he doesn't, he shies away from contact in certain situations. So I, I hope that, you know, he, he becomes more physical and more of a run stopper on the edge would be huge for this team. Next up, we're going to talking about my favorite name on the entire roster, Trick Wheezy Bridges. Six foot three, one ninety. He's a redshirt freshman. He appeared in seven games last year. He's a former four-star recruit out of Alabama. Uh, long, lean basketball player's frame. Um, he's going to be great for matchups. I think that in certain, uh, I don't think he's in every down corner at this point in his career. But uh, I think in certain matchups and certain schemes uh, against teams that are going to throw the ball a lot more. Um, looking at like the Washington States, the Cal's. I think that there's going to be a, a big role for him on this team, just for what he can kind of do, being the the tallest corner on the team. I, I believe the tallest defensive back, even including the safeties. And it just has the, the athleticism, the ball hockiness. Yeah, a player that I think could be probably out of this group, make the, the largest leap 
in in where Duck fans uh, rank these guys. I think he's a player that everybody's kind of liked. Uh, he's done some good things, but isn't as much on the radar as much as those first two players that I named. But really look out for him. Uh, this could be could be a huge year for him to make a leap. Next year, we got we got a bunch of freshmen coming up here. Um, some who have played and some haven't. Uh, Jalen Davies, five foot eleven, seven pound freshman. He's a four star out of California. Aggressive playmaker. Likes to be near the line of scrimmage and a real downhill tackler. Uh, he's not yet to play for the University of Oregon. Player who can bring a lot of things to this team. I mean, whenever you have a player who's as, as aggressive as he is tackling in your secondary, it's something that teams love to have. Next player we're going to talk about. This is a name that's going to be a little bit tricky. Dondrell Brooks, who's a five foot eleven, hundred and sixty five pound freshman, three star out of California. Great athlete on the run, amazing hips, squared very quickly. Uh, he does all of the mechanical things really well as a corner. The size is going to be the only thing that we really got to look out for with him. Darren Barkins is another freshman. There was a uh, six foot, one hundred and sixty five pound freshman, three star out of California, also from Matter Day. Um, great athlete, reads runs really well, physical tackler as well. He lacks a little bit of the, the mechanical things that, that Brooks has. Lets his hips get a little wide. Uh, run, runs with receivers really well, but isn't always putting himself in the best position to turn around for the ball and for uh, guarding the sidelines. Uh, another freshman we have coming up here out of Nebraska is Avante Dickerson. He's a uh, five foot ten, 178 pounds. Now this guy is Avante is basically a, a wide receiver that we're gonna have on the defensive side of the ball. Fantastic hands. I mean, his high school tape is him just getting pick after pick after pick, deep balls, short balls, like everything all around. He's, I mean, he's reading some of these receivers' routes and beating them to the spot which is, is something that we saw a lot from Michael Wright in his high school tapes, which is a, a great name to attach yourself to. So Avante Dickerson's another one. I could see him probably redshirting this season uh, just because of the depth. But with that DJ James situation, you never know how, how far they're going to need to go down the depth chart. We also have Tymon Davis, who's a five foot ten, 160-pound freshman out of Portland. Uh, he went to Grant High School, where he was a big-time track star. He made the state final in the 100-meter, 200-meter, 200-meter, and the 4 by one uh, But just another player who, you know, he's got the athleticism. He's just missing some of the tools. So we're hoping that he can pick that up early in his career here at Oregon and maybe see him on the field down the line. Devin Morrow is another 5'10", 165-pound freshman. He's out of Atlanta, Georgia. Another guy, ton of potential. The athleticism is there, but just missing some of the tools. So, I mean, maybe those two players will see the redshirted instead of Avante Dickerson and really just work on some of the mechanics within the position for them. We also have Brian Addison, who uh, is a sophomore, played in six of seven games last year. We all know his name really well. It's kind of, there's a, some lack of definition on the depth chart and where he's going to be playing, whether he's going to be at the cornerback position or playing at the safety, maybe some nickelback. But he's a player that, that has a lot of the skills and has a lot of experience. And with that, I think they might use him as kind of more of a plug-and-play type player for this upcoming season. With a lot of younger players in the secondary, I mean, as you know, I just listed off, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven freshmen. So he, he can come in kind of be the elder statesman as maybe, you know, like a 19-year-old. But 
we can see him be kind of the jack of all trades within the secondary. And I mean, he had, I mean, he didn't have a, didn't fill it up statistically last season. He was coming out of California. He was the number two athlete in high school. So he's used to kind of being put in positions where teams need him. So he's another player that we're going to be looking at maybe as a starter, uh, depending on which position he's in. Definitely going to be on the field quite a bit this season. Definitely a player to look out for. So those are all the corners. So, I mean, yeah, Michael Wright, Dante Manning, and Trequeasy Bridges are the three players to really look out for this season with keep an eye on the long term for Avante Dickerson, a player that I'm really excited about. So next we're going to get into the safeties. Steve Stevens, the fourth, was a starter last year, coming at six foot one, 197. He's a sophomore, so, I mean, this will be his... Uh, third year at the University of Oregon. He saw time in three games. Oh, so yeah, correcting myself here. Was not a starter, but played significant minutes. Saw him in three games. He, he did start one game versus Cal. In that game, he did have a career-high five tackles. So when you put him on the field, we've seen more production. Uh, another safety we're going to talk about is Bennett Williams, a transfer. I do not have it down where he transferred from, but he started two games last year after transferring. He ended the season with 15 tackles, eight of those being solo, two for a loss, one sack, and two pass breakups. Uh, yeah, just stud. I mean, uh, he's coming at six foot one, two oh five, a little bit of a bigger safety, and another player that you know when he was put in the position to be productive he was so it's we we hope that you know he's gonna we're gonna see more and more production from him this year as he's a little bit more solidified with this team jamal hill was the other player that uh was with um dj james earlier this summer who got in a little bit of trouble again don't want to touch on that too much but i mean he was making big play after big play especially as the season was going on last year making that incredible interception down the sideline in the Pac-12 championship game and, uh, I mean, really one of the most pivotal plays of the season. So it is a real disappointment to see him not be on the field for at least the start of this season because it seemed like he was really putting it all together. But like I said before, we really don't know how long these guys are going to be unavailable, so we're hoping that we can get him back on the field. Freshman coming in this season, Jeffrey Bassa, six foot two, 217 pounds. He's a four-star recruit out of Utah, the 31st best safety in the nation. For his size, like I mentioned, six foot two, 217 pounds. He's a big kid, and this big kid can move. He flies around the field. Another one that is uh, beating receivers to the ball, just an absolute ball hawk type player, but can also lay hat as well and, and get really physical. And as we saw last year, I mean, th- this upcoming season is going to be a little bit different, new defensive coordinator and such, but last season we saw a lot of the safeties get put in position to make tackles, and the, the players who could make tackles stayed on the field, and some of those other players who missed some opportunities we're looking at you nick pickett we i mean he he did see considerable time on the field but definitely cost oregon a little bit of time there i know justin probably loved to hear me say this verone mckinley the third is the player who started uh six games last season it got him a little mixed up with uh, steve stevens there with the uh the numerals after their names in those six games he had 41 tackles which came in for third on the team as i just mentioned those safeties being put in position to make a lot of tackles 21 of those being solo, one forced fumble, fumble recovery, and 
INT and two pass breakups. He's an all-around stud. He's one of seven players in college football that recorded an INT, a fumble recovery, and at least seven tackles in one game. And he was another player that, as the season was going on, was making more and more and more big plays. You know, we hope, again, that that carries on to this season, and he's going to be a definite leader on this team. A lot of these guys, I mean, as we go down this list, these guys are going to be looking up at him as, you know, the guy to follow the... He's going to be a defensive leader in the locker room. It's He's going to have to take on a much bigger role for what he's going to be doing on and off the field. A few more freshmen coming up here. Uh, Davon David, 6'1", 183 freshman. He's a four-star out of the Baltimore area. He's the number 12 ranked safety nationally by ESPN. He's a big, big big hitter. Watching his high school tape, I was so glad that I was not... Actually, watching his high school tape is why I stopped playing football in high school. Just, you know, going across the middle, me, a a tall, lean kid, I was just getting broken in half by people. And this is a kid who seems like he goes to sleep dreaming about breaking people in half. So he is going to be a fun player to watch as he matures for the Oregon Ducks. We also have J.J. Greenfield, six foot one, seventy-six. He is a freshman, but played in six games last season. Uh, versus UCLA, he had two tackles, one solo, and a forced fumble. He's a former three-star recruit out of the state of California. Uh, we got a local kid here, uh, Jordan Happel, who is coming out of Portland. Uh, he's a senior, so I mean, one of the the lone seniors on this this Oregon team this season. Uh, he played in all seven games last year versus UCLA he had 11 tackles and a pick six the last player to do that before him in a Oregon uniform was John Boyette uh, Duck fans remember him and uh, remember his post football career as well we have Max Wazowski I think is how you pronounce this name uh, who's going to be a redshirt freshman p- appeared in two games last season at a limited capacity Five foot eleven, two hundred nine pounds. So he's got a solid frame. He, as we see this defensive back room get loaded up more and more, and players start to get mixed around, it's he might be one of these players who gets a little lost in the shuffle. But but have faith. He's uh, he's a big kid and he's an athlete and he's got a great head on his shoulders. So definitely not over for him. Uh, we also have Lucas Noland, who is a six foot one hundred ninety four pound sophomore out of Tualatin, another local kid. Not a lot of time on the field, but as a freshman at the University of Oregon, he was named the Scout Team Player of the Year. So uh, definitely very instrumental the the practice side of of football. Which I mean, these these guys. I mean, anybody who's played any any sort of organized sport knows that there are players on the team who make a enormous difference, even though they don't get necessarily the, the recognition from the games or even really the, the time on the field in the games. These players are instrumental to what the team accomplishes as a whole. And the, the team knows what a player like Noland is, uh, what he brings to the table and, and how he helps all these other players get better. And we're going to Hopefully, see him get some of that shine on the field. But if not, we we know that you know he's doing the right things uh, in the locker room. Uh, when we also have a freshman out of Lebanon High School, Dane Sipos. He's a six foot, one hundred eighty four pound freshman, and he was ranked fortieth in the state and the sixth best athlete uh, in the state of Oregon. Uh, high school teammate with somebody we're gonna talk about here in just one second. All right, now we're jumping into the backfields. We'll talk about the running back and quarterback position, and Shane will wrap it up with the linebackers. 
So at running back, we of course return number seven, five eight, two eleven, CJ Verdell, who's a junior. Feels like he's been here forever. And then number 26, 5 foot 10, 190 pound Travis Dye, also a junior. Uh, I know I'm calling Dye a starter here, but I mean, basically, they're going to be a 1A, 1B kind of a situation. That's what they wanted to be last year. Uh, they're both juniors, seem like they've been here for much longer. This pair is giving off big time, like Ricky Whittle, Dino Filia vibes to me. Not quite that thunder and lightning per se, but just that running style. Uh, Dino was much more of an outside great pass catcher where Ricky was really strong and powerful up the middle. A little bit bigger, obviously, than CJ was, but a really, really good backfield there. And if these two can live up to that kind of a comparison and both stay healthy for a season, really could have something special. Uh, Verdell and I, their skill sets really, really complement each other so well. So it'd be really fun to watch them both succeed here in the backfield. I know CJ set some pretty lofty expectations for himself, talking about how he wants to run for something like 2,000 yards. He could be one of the premier backs in the country if he can stay healthy. Um, Die the gloveless wonder. He's a ridiculous luxury to have as a number two option. That's why I don't really list him as a number two. He's really a 1B. I hope to see Die used even more in the passing game this season. Used a lot on those wheel routes last year. Uh, I could see him getting used on a lot of angle routes, a lot of different things. Uh, just some straight up screen plays. I'd like to see them just get Die the ball more in space and really see what he can do in particular on early downs, but I think he's going to be a big time Swiss Army knife for them on third downs and big play type of situations. Now, uh, those two are obviously very talented, but this whole running back room is very talented. You got Trey Benson, Seven McGee, uh, Byron Cardwell has been making all kinds of noise in camp. Those would be the next three up. They're all battling for that third spot. Benson right now seems to have that inside track. Uh, very highly talented, very highly touted player there. Uh, and then flock favorite, of course, Sean Dollars is hoping to be back midseason. He's coming back from a knee injury himself. Uh, oh, and of course, don't forget about Cross Patton. Just, just saying, just saying. All right, just uh, let's jump over here now to the quarterback position. Uh, obviously, this is the this is the luxury position in football. This is a position that everybody wants to talk about. Uh, we've got number thirteen, six foot three, two hundred twenty six pound Anthony Brown, the senior transfer from Boston College. My favorite, my duck man cush right now, number seventeen, six foot four, two hundred twenty four pound Ty Thompson, who's a freshman. Jay Butterfield, Robbie Ashford kind of round out this quarterback room. Uh, all of them are still competing for the backup role. Anthony Brown has been announced as the starter, which, you know, longtime listeners of the pod, that's not going to be a surprise. And my feelings about Ty Thompson are not a surprise, but this is really playing out as I would have predicted. And it's really the best case scenario, not only for the Ducks um, long-term, I believe, but also for Ty Thompson. Uh, Anthony Brown's going to keep this offense on time. He's going to act as a point guard, feeding all of these weapons. He's got a really good offensive line in front of him that can help him break down protections. But one of the things that Anthony Brown brings to this offense is just composure. He's going to get everybody in the right positions. He brings a calm to this offense that is really necessary. He needs to cut down on his turnovers. I would have loved to have seen what he could have done last year by overtaking Tyler Shook much earlier in the season, but 
this is an end game. We don't have a time machine. We don't get to go backwards there. So here we are. We don't have a multiverse. We just have to live where we are now today. So I really hope to see Anthony Brown thrive this season. He's got to stay healthy. You know, that's one of the biggest things for him, obviously, for any player, and then cut down on any of those possible turnovers. Um, He's got a big arm. You know, a lot of guys are comparing his arm to Justin Herbert, which seems kind of blasphemous, but they're saying it, not us. So Ty Thompson is going to be the guy waiting in the wings. Robbie Ashford and Butterfield are really talented, but unless injuries strike, I don't see them playing any kind of a big role this season. Uh, Cristobal has shown a propensity to have like goal line packages in the past. Maybe Robbie Ashford gets involved in something like that with his athleticism. You never know. I, however, would not be surprised if Ty Thompson simply played his way onto the field at some point this season. Even if Anthony Brown's playing really, really well, Ty Thompson could simply be that special on the practice field. I think long-term, it's best that he doesn't play this year as a chance to to just sit back and wait and watch and, and learn from a really talented guy like Anthony Brown. And, I mean, I'll say it again for everyone to hear, I believe Ty Thompson's going to be the best quarterback to ever wear that O on his helmet. I think he's going to be that special. Which really shows you how much trust this coaching staff does have in Anthony Brown to give him the reins and say, hey, you're our best chance to win right now. And I have to agree with that coaching staff's decision. And everybody's favorite player is going to be the backup quarterback. Duck Twitter is going to be rooting for Ty Thompson, Robbie Ashford, Jay Butterfield all season long. We will be standing behind Anthony Brown. Well, actually, I can't, I can't speak for Shane, but I can speak for myself, and I believe I can speak for Shane when I say that we are standing behind Anthony Brown. So we will now jump over to Shane's preview here of the linebacker position to wrap it up as our positional preview comes to a close. Is now we are getting into the linebackers. This is probably the most interesting, exciting, riveting, polarizing, running out of adjectives here group uh, on this Oregon team. I mean, we have, uh, I'd say, three guys here who have a potential to be, you know, all timers at the University of Oregon, maybe more. Probably also going to be seeing all three of these guys, hopefully, if everything pans out how we think it will, playing on Sundays. So we'll get right into it. I actually just received an autographed photo of this player that I bought from uh, DuckDial101 over on Instagram. It is Noah Sewell, the brother of the former left tackle Oregon legend Penne. He is 6'3", 251. He is a fresh monster. He's not a freshman. He's a fresh monster. I know Justin doesn't really like it when we call these players monsters, but these three guys, I really don't know how else to describe them when you see them physically. He was Pac-12 Defensive Freshman of the Year, all Pac-12 third team, and uh, the first Oregon Duck to lead the t- team in tackles his freshman season since Troy died in 2016. Not that long ago, but a player that you really want to be mentioned in the same breath with. Don't really have like a ton to say about him that you know you guys already don't know. He's fast he's big he's physical he has a great nose for the ball he just does everything well he gets into the backfield and we saw it immediately i mean as soon as he got on the field as a true freshman in the weirdest season that these kids will hopefully ever have to play and he was dominant immediately so that's that 
That's all we really got to say. Next up is a player who missed pretty much all of, well, he missed all of last year. Justin Flo was the second highest re- ranked recruit to ever come to the University of Oregon, right behind a player that we're going to be talking about in just a little bit. And if you've seen pictures of him, you know what's up. I mean, he's another fresh monster. This is a big kid. He has the, the prototypical build. He's the wide shoulders, long arms. He's super buff, and he looks like he's only getting buffer. I mean... This is a, he's probably like who Aaron Feld is going to put on like his resume, like moving forward. Like, look what I can do. Look at this guy. We haven't seen what he's able to do on the field in a competitive game quite yet, but I have a pretty good feeling he's going to be all right. We also have coming in, this is the player I was mentioning just earlier, Keith Brown out of Lebanon High School, who's coming in for his true freshman year, uh, four star. He's big, fast, hard hitting. He, he just does everything right. Uh, he missed out on his senior season of high school football, but in his junior year, he recorded 63 tackles, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. That was on the defensive side of the ball. He also is a running back who rushed for 904 yards at 10.3 yards a carry. From what I've seen watching his high school tape, I never really didn't make it out to to Lebanon to see any games where you get to play in person. Should have, though. I mean, that was a super solid Lebanon team. Not a player that looked like he was fun to tackle. I mean, he is just bowling over people, bouncing around guys, and I mean, it you can tell he's one of those guys that he uses what he learns from the offensive side of the ball to make himself an even better run-stop run defense. He's he's patient when looking for those holes that the running backs are going to be coming through. And then he's still, I mean, it's almost like that three-finger punch in Kill Bill. I mean, what the, the amount of impact that he's able to create from a near standstill is is unbelievable. The fact that he's able to plug up some of these holes for the running lanes is is unbelievable. And then he can he can track running backs out of the backfield. He he can play. He can play some zone coverage. He can do a lot of things. I mean, another player, another fresh monster. Sky's the limit. These three guys, Flo, Sewell, and Brown. I mean, put them together. I, I'd even like to see some formations where you get them all on the field at the same time. Get Keith Brown just ears pinned back, going for the quarterback. Let these other guys kind of worry about the rest. But I mean, we'll see. That is that's for the coaching staff to uh, to figure out. Uh, a senior that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, a big a fan favorite on the flock pod, a player that we both have talked about a lot since he arrived as a transfer. Uh, Drew Mathis, who's coming at six foot three, two hundred and twenty four pounds. He played in six of seven games last year, recorded 11 tackles, three of which being solo. Hasn't really been able to put it all together, but, I mean, go back, another player, go back and watch some of his high school tape back at Matter Day. I mean, he is just, he's knocking hats off. He's he's doing everything. I mean, there's one play where the running back hits a pitch, and he, he kind of reads the play before the running back even has the ball. He's beeline it for him. And when he when he creates when he gets the tackle, this ball pops from like the twenty yard line back into the end zone. It's unbelievable. So I mean, uh, a player to definitely keep an eye on. We haven't really seen him make the jump that we we'd hope we'd seen, but I I feel like it's there. It's right on the cusp, and I think this this year might be the year for him. Um, a freshman new to campus, uh, Jackson Leduc, six foot three, two hundred and thirty-five pound freshman, um, four star out of the state of Nevada. 
played in... Oh, no, so he was on the team last year. Played in the first two games of the season last year. Bear with me. It, last year was confusing. Some of these guys... I mean, it's it's so hard going back to the roster. I feel like I'm having this like, crazy deja vu of... Uh, you seeing these names like wait he's a freshman but then there's like new players and it's it's all it's it's a it's a clusterfuck that's that's just uh, that's the best way of putting it but yeah I mean six foot three two thirty five and he's got range he he can do it all he's another like a lot of these linebackers inside and outside linebackers on this team have so many tools that it's really hard to really hone in on um, I don't want to call them like masters of none but they, they I mean. That you can just plug and play. And I think with how this 3-4 system is going to look, I mean, we don't really know with DeRuiter what exactly we're going to we're gonna see on the field. But if we're going to take anything from what we saw, those Cal teams where we had, you know, you know, players putting their hand in the dirt and then dropping back into coverage and doing all these mixed formations and all this stuff that a player like LaDuke, like Drew Mathis, I mean, they're going to be incredibly important just with how they're able to play all over the field. And I think that versatility is going to be more valuable than than really honing in on that one thing. A transfer from Azusa Pacific, we have Micah Roth, six foot three, two 220 pounds. He's going to be a junior. In his last season at Azusa, he started all 10 games, recorded 48 tackles, two interceptions, three and a half tackles for loss, and half a sack. Not a lot to see from him on the old YouTube, but he, I mean, according to those stats, I don't really know much about Azusa Pacific. They did play, I believe, Eastern Washington and a couple other uh, Pacific Northwest smaller schools. And you able to put up those numbers, start all those games. Obviously, this coaching staff sees something in you, and we, we're looking forward to seeing that as well. And then TJ Gilbert, a six foot two, two hundred and forty five pound freshman walk on. Don't really have much to say about him. Probably going to be one of those players that makes a big impact to practice. So should be good for those inside linebackers. Again, like Justin Flo, Keith Brown, Noah Sewell, going to be a lot of fun to watch this season. And I mean, for the rest of their careers at the U of O. Now we're going to be moving on to the outside linebackers. And I mean, this uh, I I kind of defined it the way it appeared on the roster. So, you know, if, you know, week three, if Mace Funa plays defensive end or has his hand in the dirt, don't come thinking that I'm, like, trying to lead you guys the wrong way. So, yeah, Mace Funa, we'll just start right there. Uh, another Matter Day product. Six foot three, 235 pounds. This will be his sophomore year, his second sophomore year. He was sixth in the team with tackles, 31 last season. He had 18 of those on his own, three and a half for a loss. Super hard hitter. I mean, he is just a guy who he he has a knack for playing the defensive side of the ball. He he likes contact. He likes the physicality. He likes hitting. And he's like a he's a ball magnet. It's wherever the ball is, he he is, you know, pulled towards it, which is something you really want from your outside linebackers and. He's a guy who has, I mean, we've talked about him since he was incoming freshman, really excited about him. We've been watching his high school tape forever. Super fun if you go back and take a look at it. He's, yeah, like I said, he's leveled up every year, and I don't see this year being any different. And uh, he's just one of those guys, too, that you just want on the field. It doesn't really matter, like I said before, with his defined position. You just want him playing football. We also have Jaden Navarrete, six foot four freshman. Didn't see any action last season. He was a four star out of California. He's a guy that like I was kind of alluding to earlier that I just don't think last year with it being the shortened season with, you know, not really getting those ramp up games just wasn't really in the right position to, to come in and make an impact. Not that he won't, not that he couldn't, you know, this upcoming season. Yeah, I just think last year was kind of a wash, and 
he was looking at it like, let me get on campus, let me get to class, let me get in the weight room. So really going to be really excited to see what he's able to do. Oh man, some of these names are just so tough. Uh, Trevin Maiei is a six foot four, 265 pound redshirt freshman. He was a four-star defensive end coming out of the state of Nevada. He was the 52nd in the country at that position. Great edge speed, wraps up really well. Should be a great run stopper at his size and with his background playing defensive end closer to the line of scrimmage, getting in there and really pushing guys around. He is going to be around the line of scrimmage regardless of his actual position. And I think that he's going to be more valuable as a run stopper no matter what we see him line up at the defensive end or at the uh, linebacker position. A player that we did get to see a good amount of last year is Adrian Jackson. He's uh, a sophomore. He played in four games last year. He had four tackles. All of those were solo. He earned a 77.4 tackling grade by PFF, which was fourth on the team. Lightning fast player that, I mean, he almost just looks like a big running back trapped out there on defense. And within that, he's able to play sideline to sideline. He's able to play in pass coverage really well. Um, you can definitely put him in man coverage on running backs, and he can shut a lot of shit down from that position so he was a player that we got to see a little bit of last year and I think we're going to see an increased role for him this year and do a lot of good things especially uh, he's a great player to put in I mean if there's you know knock on wood any injuries to any of these players you can really put him in inside or outside linebacker and just watch him buzz around the field we have Jonathan Flo coming in at next uh, six foot one 202 pound freshman four star out of California we all know who his brother is uh, unreal edge speed hits hard behind the line of scrimmage Great at playing the running back out of the backfield like some of these other players I was just mentioning. And, I mean, that family just has a has a knack for playing football. And, I mean, he might be kind of the, the forgotten brother when it's all said and done. He might be the, uh, the Marcus Mariota. But I think he's going to have a lot more production and be a, a viable player into uh, Oregon's success in the future. Brandon Buckner is a player that I'm really excited about. The uh, six foot one, 237 pound freshman out of Arizona. Uh, so he's listed at six foot one. I'd be curious to see what his wingspan is because watching some of his tape, it looks like it's probably about six five, six six, if I had to guess. And he uses those long arms really well, getting up into passing lanes, and as well as uh, making plays on ball carriers from like making an offensive lineman sandwich as to, to paint a picture, you know, like these running backs are coming up, picking their spots and he's able to get his long arms in there and disrupt the play without actually making the tackle, which is a, a skill set that is very unique. Next up here, Jabril McNeil. That's a fun name to say. Six foot four, 204 freshman, four star out of North Carolina. This is a player that also doesn't shy away from contact. I mean, we have a lot of these players in this linebacking core and I mean, it's why this group is so exciting. He is a he's a hard hitter. He comes in, he 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 wraps up, but he also is going to put his shoulder into you before he he wraps up. And if he can knock you down without wrapping you up, I think he's going to go for that too. So it'll be really fun to watch. Terrell Timon is a six foot five, two hundred and twenty five pound freshman. He's a three star coming out of the state of Texas, and Texas is where they do high school football right. So I mean, he he should be really fun to watch. Not a ton of tape on him on the old interwebs. But from what I did see, big frame uh, and a knack for getting to quarterbacks. And I mean, at that six foot five, I mean, you can do a lot of stuff with those long legs, those long arms. And if you can get a free run, he's going to be a uh, a terror for some of these quarterbacks in the Pac-12. And interesting, he is the cousin of Jalen Red, who you will hear about from uh, Justin over on the offensive side of this podcast. So that wraps it up for our our outside linebackers there. And that wraps us up for the positional preview. 
Hope you guys enjoyed that. Please let us know if you did. Jump in the DMs over at the Flock Pod on Instagram. Heck, get old school. Shoot us an email. Theflockpod the, the at gmail.com. I forgot our email there for a second. That was crazy. So, as always, thank you. We love you. We out. Peace. I gave my love a cherry that had no stone. I gave my love a chicken that had no bones. I gave... Sorry.
Shout a little bit softer now. 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 Shout a little bit softer now.